0: This is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in.
1: So welcome. Uh, Great that you are joining us uh, again this week. If you are just joining us for the very first time, um, we've begun a new series called Inspired. And it's a series that looks at how our faith, our relationship with Jesus, inspires us to action. You see, for us as a church, this is important to understand that, that faith uh, is not just simply what we believe. Absolutely, it's important but what we believe about Jesus, but that faith must shape behavior. And so and so, how does our faith inspire us to action? So the last number of weeks, we have been looking at, at, at different people's lives and different ministries they're involved in and and how it's really been their faith that has inspired them. If you joined us last week, you heard Alina speak not only about her story, but 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 the bigger story of the raw carrot and a ministry that that started in a rather simple way with a, a sense of a desire to to impact the community that has grown into an incredible ministry, not only in the community of Paris but in other communities um, around. And so I know for myself, even though I'm well familiar with the raw carrot, I was. I was inspired again by just the great work they are doing. But before we get rolling, let me ask you a question. And maybe this is something that comes quickly. Maybe you want to pause this. Maybe this is something you want to share with others that you are watching with. But can you think of a moment when you were inspired? Maybe it's recently. Maybe it's a little while ago. Maybe it's it's something you saw in a person. Maybe it was a a movement. Maybe it was a need. But but we've all landed in those places where we have been inspired by the actions of others. But today, I I want to take a bit of a turn, right? Because sometimes when we think of inspiration and we think of motivation and we think of yeah rah rah rah, we should we should be doing more. I. I want to talk about a bit of a blind spot that I'm sure we're all aware of, but it's probably helpful just to name. And it's simply this. In the midst of being inspired, do you ever have a sense of being overwhelmed? I, I know I do. Like there's times where you see the actions of others or you see this incredible movement or you see this amazing opportunity and you are so inspired, but then you almost feel this weight upon you that overwhelms you. You can be overwhelmed by like, where where do I begin? I mean, the need seems to be so big. Where do I start? Or, or maybe you're overwhelmed by the sense of, I, I could never be like that person. Or, or maybe you just don't feel that you have the gifts. And what ends up happening is in a moment of inspiration, this feeling of being overwhelmed paralyzes you. And And not only does it prevent you from not taking action, but you almost begin to feel guilty about it. So today, I... I want to talk about how in many ways, I believe the sense of being overwhelmed and inspiration is is a tension that that we need to manage in the midst of life, that that it is a reality, that that as we look at opportunities, particularly when it comes to stepping out in faith, there's going to be these moments of inspiration that are quickly followed up by this feeling of being overwhelmed. And so how do we manage it? And to kind of set the stage, I I want to talk a little bit about a ministry that I've been involved with for a number of years of years. It's a a prison ministry in Malawi. Uh, In in addition to the work that I do here in Paris and in the community with the church, I've also been involved in a prison ministry in Malawi. Now, Malawi you may or may not be familiar with. It's a a country in the southern part of Africa, uh, typically known as one of the poorest countries in the world. And so when you think of prisons, you can probably imagine that the situation is not great. Prisons in Malawi, from my experience, are, are, are incredibly um, underfunded and overcrowded, oftentimes lacking basic necessities of clean water, food, medicine, just proper hygiene. Just in, even in this picture that you're seeing, this is an actual picture of, of men in a prison cell. At 4 o'clock, they're they're placed in their prison, and at 6 a.m., they are released. There's there's only a couple of windows of ventilation. They're, They're given really a couple of buckets, one with water to wash themselves and the other for waste. These cells are so cramped and overcrowded that sleeping is almost not a reality. And so a number of years ago, I walked into one of these prisons and I felt this sense of needing to do something. And so we began a prison ministry. In, in many ways, it started small. The, 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 the vision for us, the, the inspiration was to plant seeds of hope. One of the number one prayer requests that come in from the men and women in these prisons is that we would not forget them. You see, so often these men and women are not only pulled from their families and they feel they've been forgotten, but they feel they've been forgotten by the country. They ultimately feel as if they've been forgotten by God. And so the prison ministry began to plant seeds of hope. And it's inspiring to see what is happening. Two weeks ago, I was back in Malawi. Every year I return and, and visit with our team that, that oversees the ministry. And what started a number of years ago with us just going in and being involved in one prison has now grown to 22 prisons, 17 prisons for men and, and then five prisons for, for women, where our ministry covers about 4,800 men and women. And it is inspiring to see what is happening. What, what started a number of years ago with just one Bible study is now weekly Bible studies where we go in and we pray with them and we teach them. We, we simply talk to them and we listen To them. It's a ministry that expands into providing basic necessities like soap and medicine, clothing and some food. It's it's absolutely inspiring to see that a ministry that began with basically nothing now has a budget of of close to $70,000 of money and funds that go directly to help these men and women in some of these darkest places. It's always inspiring for me to go back And to hang out with what I refer to as our big four. The two Hastings, Laika and Rami. They are the individuals who really oversee this ministry. Who are involved in in essentially going into about five or six prisons each to to deliver this incredible ministry. But in many ways, that's the big picture. But as I was there uh, about two weeks ago, it was inspiring for me to see the personal transformation that was taking place on one particular day uh, we were driving out of blantyre to lawande and unfortunately one of the vehicles we were in broke down and as we were hanging out on the side of the road suddenly from a bit of a distance we we heard this man shouting Abuenzi, abwenzi abwenzi which in chichewo means friend coming towards us was a man who was a former inmate who noticed and recognized rami someone who'd become like a father figure to him and after a moment of embrace and chatting, this, this man began to look at the problem. Fortunate for us, he was also trained as a mechanic. Well, in a matter of moments, he was able to fix our vehicle and sort out our problem. But for me, the bigger story was here was a man who, in prison, created a friendship with our team, a friendship that continues to last. And it was inspiring. Or I'm inspired by the very fact that, that Leica, one of our team members, as we're recording this, is in Kenya, being invited to speak on our ministry and the impact that it's having upon women in prisons. Like, who would have thought years ago when we started this ministry by just going into one prison, that, that we would now be getting recognition internationally to come and share what we are doing with others. Like, talk about inspiring Or it was so inspiring to to return to Malawi and to be a part of a graduation of a new initiative. We've started theological education and leadership and discipleship training, a a one-year certificate course where we begin to train inmates so that they can be better equipped, so that they can not only be a part of our ministry, but, but our hope is that upon their release, they can be valuable leaders within their own church communities. And so it's so inspiring to to see these men and women get a day pass, to be released from prison, to come and participate in a graduation ceremony, to stand with them, 33 of them, men and women, caps and gowns in the whole nine yards as they celebrated with their families, an incredible accomplishment. Or it's inspiring to see the prison ministry and the impact of transformation Here is is Hastings. He is one of our newest team leaders, a former prisoner. A number of years ago, he was sentenced to 12 years in prison for theft. At the time, he had no faith. He He was far away from God. He was an alcoholic and found himself in prison. Well, in the course of years, he came in contact with our ministry, eventually giving his life to Jesus and becoming a leader within the ministry. Last spring, after six years, he was released. He was pardoned. And upon his release, he joined our prison ministry. So now he's going into five prisons and and sharing the hope that he has found while in prison with others. I was inspired to hear his story. I mean, I could go on and on about the inspiration that I see coming out of this prison ministry, But I'd be remiss, I would be dishonest to say there are not incredible moments where I feel overwhelmed. Stepping into these prisons and and not only recognizing, yes, the impact that we are having, but being overwhelmed at realizing there is still a tremendous need. Sure, we're helping 4,800 men and women, but there's so many more constantly inundated with requests. I feel overwhelmed by the fact that, that, that essentially we have four individuals walking out this ministry into 22 prisons. Like, just the expectation upon all of them. And so as I think about the prison ministry, as I think of, of just how inspiring it is, I, I also get this sense of at times being incredibly Overwhelmed. And so how is it that I respond? Maybe for some of you, you can, you can land in this place where, where you feel inspired to do something, yet at the same time you too feel overwhelmed. There's one particular verse in the Bible that I continue to go back to time and time again that that for me really reminds me of how do I hold this tension of inspiration yet being overwhelmed in balance so that it keeps me moving forward. It comes from Proverbs verses 16, 9. Proverbs is found in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a book of wisdom. And it, I love the book of Proverbs because it often speaks into the moments of life that allows you to step back and reflect upon how you too can respond. And Proverbs 16:9 says this, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. For me, the, the key word is but. Because it, it separates two key thoughts in the midst of this passage. It says we can make our plans. I believe there's times in life where, where God puts us in a place or, or drops us in a moment or, 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 or exposes us to an individual and we are inspired and we begin to make plans. We, we want to take initiative. We want to take a step. For us as a prison ministry, our our, our initiative was to plant seeds of hope. But, the proverb goes on, the Lord determines our steps. That ultimately it's this belief that it is God who is in control. As I think back to the prison ministry, I have seen this time and time again. From the very first time I I stepped into a prison a number of years ago, and I remember just just being there and feeling a sense of wanting to do something. And at the very end of our time, I I just simply kind of made a general offer of, if there's anything that I can do to benefit you, please let me know. I was making the plans. In less than 24 hours, a prison guard showed up to my church office with a note from those very same inmates asking me to come and lead them in Bible study. God was determining our steps. Or I think in, in 2016, as we returned to Malawi and we, we were seeing the prison ministry kind of grow a little bit, we had gone from one prison to two prisons. And, and I remember Rami coming up to me very specifically, and, and he was excited and he was inspired. And, and he's like, Joel, 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 what if, what if we start visiting more prisons at that point, I thought, we're doing, we're doing pretty well, Rami. Like, we have limited resources. We have limited time. Like, like two prisons is good. Like, like more prisons, four prisons, that, that, that's going to push us a little bit far. And I remember Rami, with a glint in his eye and a big grin on his face, said, Joel, why don't we try and see what God is going to do? At the time, I didn't realize it. But as I look back, in many ways, Rami was reminding me of Proverbs 16:9. We make the plans, but God determines our steps. I remember during COVID, seeing the, the prisons closed down and us not being able to be a part of what was happening. And, and feeling a sense of being overwhelmed and wondering, what can we possibly do? And it was in this moment that God was determining our steps where suddenly we, we literally pivoted and we started writing Bible studies. You see, previous to COVID, we would, we would go in and have an hour and a half, two hours to spend in Bible study and prayer and conversation. And then we'd go away and come back the next week. Well, with COVID, we couldn't do it. And so with COVID, what we started to do was we started to write out the Bible studies. We would deliver them to the guards who would give them to the inmates. And now suddenly they were leading the Bible studies and the discussions. Well, in the last two years, we have seen more of an impact, more people come to faith than in the previous years combined. You see, we had made the plans, but it was God who was determining our steps. Or even as recently as last week, as I was sitting with our team in Malawi and and just talking about what are the next steps for us moving forward, we, we came to the realization that just with inflation alone, we're going to need to increase our budget by 15%, close to $10,000. And I was already thinking, like, how is this going to happen? God, what what is this going to look like? Last week, David, my father, was at another church speaking, and he was just briefly talking about the work that we're doing in Malawi. Made no mention of the need. Wouldn't you know it, at the end of the service, a couple walked up to him, handed him a check for $10,000 to go towards the prison ministry. We can make the plans, but it's God who determines our steps. As I think about my life, as I think about the prison ministry, steps of faith means there almost needs to be held in tension, these moments of inspiration, along with this feeling of being overwhelmed. Because then we know that God is likely in the mix. And so how do we respond? How how do we respond in practical ways? Because the last thing I want this to be is just for this to be yet another rah, rah, rah. What else can you do? How do you step out? And so let me offer you two valuable lessons that I have learned in my life, that I have learned through the prison ministry that that I hope and believe will be beneficial to you. The first one actually comes from uh, an African proverb. And it's simply this, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You see, I think a lot of times we we find ourselves in situations and moments where, where we are inspired, but then suddenly inspiration suddenly leads to a sense of being overwhelmed because we wonder, where do we start? How do we begin? What do we do? What if we took that first step? You see, I think sometimes we do ourselves a bit of a disservice that whenever you see a movement that is making a big difference or whenever you hear a story of a person who is incredibly inspiring, the problem is we go to the end of the story and we see the impact at the end of the line. What we need to do is back it all the way up to the very beginning and see and realize that every great moment and movement in history started with an initial step, an initial light and it was from that that it began to grow to grow same same is true for us when it comes to the prison ministry we're we're involved in 22 prisons today but it started with one prison with one offer and then God took it and began to use it and to grow it and so when you are inspired don't think of what the end result may be ask yourself the question what is my first step. And then give space for God to determine what happens next. The second thing is to recognize that when you are overwhelmed, that's actually probably a good thing because it begins to remind us that God must show up. One of my favorite miracles in the New Testament is the miracle when Jesus feeds the thousands. It's found in John chapter 6. And we're not going to go there today, but, but maybe today or this week you want to go and you want to read it. But essentially, Jesus has been teaching and then realized it's late in the day and the people are hungry and have no food. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and is like, basically, how are we going to feed these people? And Philip and the other disciples are like completely overwhelmed. They, they see the problem. They see the difficulty. They're like, we have no idea. But there's one guy, a guy by the name of Andrew, who shows up with a little boy's lunch, some fish and a little bit of bread. And and when he presents it to Jesus, there's a sense of like wondering, is this even going to work? He's like, here's a boy's lunch, but how far will this go amongst so many? And as you keep reading in the miracle, you see Jesus took it, he blessed it, he distributed it, and everyone had enough, more than enough. You see, when we take that first small step, we realize that that nothing is insignificant when placed in the hands of Jesus. For me, when I think about the prison ministry, I see this over and over and over again. I, I don't know what this next year will hold. I don't know what the coming year will hold. But I know that we have a plan to plant seeds of hope, but it's God who will determine our steps. Let me ask you, let me get a little personal. Is there something that God is putting in front of you? Maybe there's been a, a moment where, where you are inspired. It could be at work, it could be at school, it could be within your family. Maybe it's, maybe it's inviting someone to come to church. Maybe it's, it's, it's starting a new initiative. Maybe, maybe it just, it's just doing something, but you feel a sense of being overwhelmed. And, and here I think is the problem sometimes, is we try to figure out every step, before we take the first step. I don't think that's the way that God works. Proverbs say, we make a plan, the Lord determines your steps. And so how about this? Instead of thinking through every necessary step, ask yourself, what is the first step that I need to take? And then begin to see how God will work, how God will move, not only in you, but through you. Faith is a journey. Faith is an opportunity where it's not just simply what we believe, but rather how we behave, how it calls us to take steps of actions. And I'm convinced in the same way in my life as it is in your life, God has a plan for you. The Holy Spirit is wanting to inspire you. And so if you feel overwhelmed, don't view it as a means to be paralyzed and do nothing. Rather, recognize it as an opportunity for God to show up and to do something incredible with you. What's up to you is to take that first step and begin to see what God has in store. Hey, listen, I I hope you continue to join us in the coming weeks because we're going to talk more about what does it look like to, to step out in faith? What does it look like to be inspired in such a way? that we live a life not paralyzed by fear, but encouraged with the opportunity and filled with a sense of hope. I'm cheering for you. Let me me pray for you and for me and for our communities as we close. Let's pray together. And so Lord Jesus, I just pray for those that are watching today, that I give thanks that you are God who, who inspires us, who brings opportunities and people and sometimes even problems before us, not to overwhelm us, but to bring opportunities. And so I pray that those watching would be just attentive, would just be willing to see the places that you are leading them. And may your Holy Spirit encourage us to take steps of faith, to not not worry about what the second or the third or the fourth step will be, but to take that first step step, trusting that you will determine the next step along the path. For we ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. Now may the Lord look to you always and grant you his peace. For we ask this name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca.